Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Tim, and I'm so glad you can join me today as you are living your life and heading toward your emerging future. Hopefully, you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. So hello, hello, and hello. Um, I've been a little slack in getting my episodes out. I've got a lot of them in the can that I need to put out there. I've just been really, um, been really just working closely with some individuals doing some extraordinary things, helping them on their pursuit and their journey for, for growth and development. Um, and let me share something with you. There's a really great book. Um, I don't know your beliefs. I don't know how it'll rub you, but I'm open to reading. And so I love to read other people's stuff. And um, so if you're a person that, you know, is you struggle with any kind of religious context stuff, I'm not doing that to offend you. I'm just sharing something that really has been very um, impactful for me in my life, but I'm also just seeing it in other people. Um, but there's a book by Marianne Williamson and, um, it's a, it's a wonderful book and it's a return to love. And there's a part in the book where she's just telling the story where she said, I remember one day complaining to my girlfriend, June, how unhappy I was. And she said, Marianne, I don't mean to be hard on you, but do you ever do anything for anyone else? That comment felt like a brick to my forehead although I did very little about it at the time. After I went through my period of very deep depression, several years later, however, human suffering became a much more personally significant subject. I thought that if other people suffered a fraction as much as I had, then my heart burst for them and I wanted to be of help. God seemed to say to me then, people suffer deeply and there have been people suffering around you all your life. You just didn't notice you were shopping. I don't know about you, but that just hits me too. And um, I always think about people. I'm always wanting to help and serve. And even still, there I can be better at it. And the people I've been privileged to work with, the organizations and the individuals um, as a coach in what I do daily, I'm, I'm seeing this awakening, man, and it's a beautiful thing. It's just so beautiful to see people recognize the things they don't notice, like that last part of that quote, people suffer deeply, and there have been people suffering around you all your life, you just didn't notice you were shopping. And so maybe you weren't shopping, but you were doing something. So what is your shopping? How would you fill in that blank? And what are you not noticing? And I'm starting to see these folks in leadership positions and people that are um, just doing some or want to do extraordinary things with others. They're beginning to serve and they're seeing the service um, at another level. And so, man, it's been a joy. It's been a great journey. So that's what I've been doing with my time. I just kind of wanted to share that with you all. So um, would love to connect with you. Please do so with me at Instagram. That's where I would like to connect with you. And I will be picking up the pace on Instagram as well. But with the show, it's at Uphill Combo. With me personally, it's at Pecoraro Tim. And with what I do with my world of work, which is my privilege, and it's an honor to do every day, it's at Uphill Strategies. Also, you can go to the website, uphillconversations.co, check out past episodes and learn a little bit more about me and the show. And if you would like to be a guest, click on the button to be a guest and there's a form that you'll fill out. It'll come to me. I'll take a look at it and we'll go from there. And if you know someone else or someone you think would be a great contributor to the show and to the listeners, um, hey, fill it out for them. Send it, send it my way and let me take a look at it and who knows, they may get a little surprise uh, reach out from me and be like, whoa, I didn't even know anything about this. And, um, and that's happened on a few occasions, which has been pretty cool. So today, um, I have a great guest and I can't wait to tell you about this guest. And um, oh, but you know what? Wait, before I do that, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. 
I do want to, this is non-monetized, by the way. I'm not selling anything. Uh, this is something I believe in. I believe in living into my day every day. That's what I want to do. Make the very best of my day to be productive, to be focused, to be disciplined. Um, also to create margin. Also to build in some spontaneity and some flex. And um, I do that with my Gazelle Planner. So I encourage any of you who are who want to see, you can merge this with your digital world as well. So digital and analog come together. This planner to me is my favorite. It's the one that I use all the time. And I love the creator of, of the planner, uh, an amazing woman um, I've had on the show, Kathy Fothery, great spirit, great heart, great mind, um, and has made a, an incredible product that I use daily and I can't say enough about it. But go to amazon.com, check out the planner. If you want to buy one, click add to cart, obviously. And in the coupon section, just put in going uphill. She gave us our own coupon code for the show. Um, and you get a discount by just putting that in one word, not case sensitive, going uphill. But today's guest, Ajit Nawaka, he, um, he's an amazing man, an amazing man. And as his wife has been on the show, Dr. Nita Bushan. So uh, you can check out her um, episode on the show if you go to iTunes or Stitcher, um, tune in or on the website and just search Dr. Nita Bouchon. But Ajit, he's an entrepreneur, business coach, founder of Evercoach, author of the book of coaching and co-founder of Mind Valley. The it's one of the biggest publishers in personal in the personal development space. But this guy, this serial entrepreneur, he's a global educator and consultant. He um, just does amazing, incredible things. Now, let me tell you something. He grew up, he was born in, I want to say this right, in um, I think it's Jaipur, and living in a home with 23 other people. He's pursued the dream of living big. Over the past decade, he has helped build training and coaching companies to inspire the coming generation, transform entrepreneurs to live on purpose while enjoying their lives, while increasing their profits. He enjoys exploring the world, learning different cuisines, writing, and spending time with his wife, Nita. He currently lives in Los Angeles, California. We had an incredible conversation. I feel like you're going to learn a lot from him. I think it would be good. Sit back, listen, and please do take notes because Ajit has um, an amazing story and he he contributes powerfully to this world. And he will be back for round two when he puts out his new book. And just a quick note, just want to let you know, the very beginning of this, and um, Ajit wasn't even aware of this as well, but there was some kind of software glitch, something weird. So anyways, the audio is going to change. It's not very long, but it's a little weird, and uh, it goes from being weird to sounding great. So I do apologize for that, and um, I appreciate you listening in. So without any further delay, let's jump into this episode with my new friend, Ajit. Welcome to the show, Ajit, and I'm so glad you can join me today. Um, and so, tell me a little bit about yourself and how things are going in your world. I was training to be an engineer, but I really hated every second of learning it. I hated how and what I was expected to do if I became an engineer. So early on in life, I, I had to take that call and write a letter to my father, telling him that I really did not want. To, to be an engineer and, and that was hard on the family because they thought that was my hope of having a good life uh, later on. Uh, but, but that decision came out to be one of the best decisions I ever made uh, because after that I would go on a very different journey. I would uh, end up in student organizations that were international. I would get to meet people from around the world. I would, I would myself travel around the world. I would then experience different possibilities that I could have possibly never imagined as as a kid from Jaipur who lived in his little box and only saw his little world. Uh, and that just opened up so much possibility for me, which mm. evidently would lead me to a small organization then and a big organization now called Mind Valley, which is uh, one of the largest platforms for personal development in the world. And when I joined that company as an intern about a decade ago now, I was, I was just, you know, I was, the company was small. There were like 10, 15 employees. And the past 10 years, we've been able 
to to really able to really grow the company and become a prominent brand in the past seven eight years, and and that's really a summary of my journey as a human being in the in the in the process also even while I was uh, leading the company Mind Valley that is the one that I just talked about. Uh, what had happened was in that process was and this happens with all of us right uh, is sometimes we we get something that we really really wanted only to realize that's not what we really want. Uh, or we had taken on a projection of the world and thought what success should look like and forgot about how success should feel like. And that really happened with me at that point. I, I became the CEO of the company to only realize that it looked great from the outside. It, it looked amazing from the outside, a young kid who got really successful really fast. But on the inside, I was just paying it with my life. My health was in shambles. My relationships were coming to an end and uh, my, my parents uh, and I were not really connected. My friends and I were not really connected. And I learned through that experience that life is, there is more to life than just a great career. And, and that experience led me to finally be at the place that I am, which is a, a life which is full of experiences, full of great businesses as well. I still am an entrepreneur. I love building businesses. But at the same point of time, I get to play a lot more. I have a wonderful relationships. My health's back in order. I get to spend time with in things that I want to get. Uh, I want to spend time in and so forth. So that's kind of like a like any of our stories, right? If you if you ask a question of, "Hey, who are you?" It's it's a little tough to answer for all of us. Yeah, because we all get so many experiences in life, and we we tend to, if we are careful and aware of, tend to have a lot of rebirths. Yeah. And I love, you know, your story is, is to me, it's amazing. And I love it. A household of 23 and a lot of people, and I, and I don't want to stay on this long, but just that was a challenge, man, because, you know, people don't understand like in culturally in, in certain cultures, like that's a norm. Like you have extended family that's all around you and they kind of circle the wagons, right? And yeah. but then when you want to step out from that, it's almost like, whoa, wait a second. There's already a predetermined path for you. <laughs> and, and you're exactly and, no, and that's so true. You, yeah, and you end up wearing someone else's clothing, right? You know what I mean? Like if you could just view, view it as you know, an outer garment, right? It's like putting on, you know, you've heard of Shaquille O'Neal, right? The basketball player. Yeah. Okay. So imagine Shaq, you know, he gives you his suit jacket and says, Hey, Ajit, I want you to go to this dinner party and wear my jacket. It just wouldn't fit. <laughs> it just doesn't fit. And so that's a challenge. Could you just kind of, so people can understand that wasn't just a move you did like, Hey, I'm just doing this. There was a lot of awareness you had to have, a lot of introspection, a lot of desire and understanding what was inside of you, that what was being defined for you was not right for you. Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So like, like you rightly mentioned, Timothy, that a lot of times what happens in life is we look at other people, sometimes people that we think are further in the journey. Sometimes we think people who are smarter and greater than us. And what happens when we look out is we start to go, okay, what does life look like for them? I'd love to have that life, right? What we don't understand is when we are looking out and trying to get somebody else's life per se, is that we, we don't understand the consequence of having that life. We don't wow. really know because we're not in their body, right? We are not in their place yet. We are kind of looking from the outside in going, hey, that looks like a great life. Let me have that. They don't know. We don't know what it feels like to be that person. It only we wow. only know what it looks like to be that person. And for that matter, honestly, we only know a fragment of what it looks like to be that person. Huh. Uh, there is there is only the three minutes, the five minutes, the ten minutes, the, an hour, two hours of their life when the camera is on, when the photos are being taken, is what we see. Right. But think about it. When the camera is on, we have our best foot forward. Yeah. We have our best representation forward, our best of lives forward, right? And the camera is not on all the time, right? So we, right. We, think, we think that we know what somebody else's life would feel like, but we don't really know what somebody else's life would feel like and even look like to a great degree. We only know a small percentage of it, but we take it on. We take it on. We make that our mission, our goal without understanding the consequences of having that 
life. So that expectation that people lay on us, for example, this happens, and I'm sure this has happened in your life as well or in, in some other way, but it's definitely happened, is that we go, oh, okay, so you know what? If you want to be really successful, you got to have a lot of money, right? But success's definition in context of money is one part of the definition. Right. But most of us keep chasing that. And most of us keep chasing that is because that's what the world tells us is what success should be like, which is why most of the time what happens is even people who have money are chasing more money. Yeah. Because they feel like <laughs> it's a validation thing. It's somebody else's expectation of saying, hey, you should have more money. Have we stopped? Can we just stop for a second and ask ourselves the question of saying, hey, why, why do I need more money? What is this more money for? What is it that I want to create? How am I going to have fun? How am I going to have a complete and a big life, right? We don't stop to ask those questions. We just keep chasing because we don't want to sit in that space, in that void and say, and answer the hard question of what does success feels like to me? What does it look like to me? What does it feel like to me? We just keep chasing because that's the easy thing to do. It's the drama of it that we really enjoy instead of just sitting back and saying, hey, what is it that I really want and how do I chase that? And how not to be influenced by what the world expecting of me instead of that being influenced by what I am expecting of me. Because that really is where the gem is. Well, and and I completely agree with you. And you're right. I've 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 spent time with that. And one of the things I can say about this podcast that I've been so fortunate to do with with the guests I've had, such you know, like yourself, is you know they're they're successful and they've made money and they've lost a lot of money and they've made more money, but their focus isn't money. It's just a part of what success looks like, but it's more about the significant component, which is attached to their inner self and their inner being in it. And your journey of making that transition and moving out. And, and I love what you and um, Anita do. And so I do see you guys on Instagram. I love the way you celebrate your lives together. I love the way you celebrate the things that you're doing and you celebrate one another. It to me is a very powerful statement of significance and fulfillment, value, passion, um, commitment, loyalty, growth. I mean, it's a very powerful picture. So I just want to say that I, I really, Thank you, I really do value what you two are putting out there. And so with that, that shift, right, to move, and you talk about this Mind Valley movement, right? So you made this change, you broke away from this culture stuff that you had. It's not that you neglected your culture. It's not that you ignored it. What you were saying is, I, I, I embrace my culture, but I don't have to follow exactly every, you know, uh, uh, cornerstone that is set for me and I can go create my own. And so I've seen you, you know, and what you've done, you know, and I, in my research with you and even conversations with Nita and like reading uh, some of your books and, um, but you've made these shifts and you've continued to develop this inner self that, you know, you became more aware about you and what you were pursuing. What was the major thing? What was the key thing that you felt was missing that gave you the confidence or compelled you to pursue what you're currently doing? So there are, there are many factors, and I don't think there is one event or one perspective that I can say is the, is the only thing there is, because that's not how I think life's done anyways. One of the key things, the first shift that happened for me was, honestly, it was about money. The first shift that I had was about saying, hey, I need to get out of this place because I don't want to live a life like this. And I don't know anyone who really knows how to get out of things. All they know is, is get a job and become an engineer and spend 30 years making money. And then hopefully one day you'll be out of your house, which used to be my <laughs> life goal at a point, right? right because right. that's what you do. You do the work. You, you go ahead, you get a job. That's what good kids do, right? You go right. get a job. You work the job for 10, 20, 30 years. Hopefully you'll have enough money to buy your own house and get your favorite car or whatever that is, right? That's the good kids track for, for everybody, right? That's the catch-all that we're right. taught teaching everybody all the time. And so that's what I was going to do because all I cared for was I needed to get out of the house. The, the thing, the fundamental shift that first happened was there was a teacher that had, my school teacher, 
where where she had in passing commented about one of the times that I was giving the morning news in my school assembly, and and she said in passing, "Hey, Ajit, if you choose to be, you can be a news anchor, right?" <laughs> and I ignored it when the first time she said it because I'm like, who cares? And why would I want to be a news anchor? Why don't I just be an engineer? It seems like it's the thing to do, and everybody's <laughs> doing it, right? And then. It kept happening, right? She said once or twice more as I would do the morning news. And and as I was studying for engineering, I think the words that stuck out for me was, if you choose to be. Uh, huh. And I think that's where that's what kind of stuck out. And I was like, hey, listen, I don't know if I can do this engineering thing. That's the thing that I don't know. I don't know what I will end up doing, but I definitely know that this is not right for me. The engineering thing is not right for me. So I kind of did an elimination process to fast track my outcome of becoming rich. And that really is what got me started to come to this place. Now, eventually what would happen is I would meet really interesting, heartfelt, wonderful teachers and trainers and coaches. And as I would meet them, as I would interact with them, my life will start to shift because then my life would go into the, the paradigm of saying, oh, okay, there is more to life than just money. And I had made the money, and then, like I mentioned previously, I had kind of destroyed the rest of my life in the process of making money. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and so I was like, hey, listen, there is more to more to me. There is more to me. There's more to my life. So I think that was the second big shift that happened uh, that allowed me to continue to pursue it. But the shifts are always happening. I'm sure there are more to come because that is life. Life is a dance. And there's a wonderful uh, philosopher named Alan Watts. Um, and I might be misquoting him here, but he says a beautiful uh, paradigm shift. He suggests a beautiful paradigm shift. You see, people think life is a journey, right? You're going to a destination. He suggests that maybe life is more like a dance. It's more like music. You don't wait for the music to end. You are not going to a place when you're playing music. When it's a beautiful symphony, you want it to continue. And that's the part of it. And the symphony has ups and down and misbeats, but you're still enjoying the music. You want the symphony to keep going. And if you approach life like a symphony or a dance where you're enjoying it as it goes and you're going to change a few lines here and there and you're going to make some extra moves and fumble in a few of them, it makes life more interesting. Instead of thinking about, I'm going to an X destination where finally I'll be happy. Instead of that, the dance is happy, the music is happy, the journey is happy. Instead of looking for this final destination where finally some happiness is waiting for you. Wow, that that's powerful. I love that. That enjoying the music as it goes. You know, life is more like a dance. It's it's not just a destination. It's wanting the 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 symphony to continue and i love that try things try a new move try an extra move and even yeah. if you miss the beat it's fine just enjoy the music that's really really rich i love that um so ajit let me let me ask you like so in this whole process right of you know you 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 made this move you got in and mind valley was i would say a very um um maybe um instrumental uh point in time in your life, it was very significant, like a milestone place. And mm -hmm. with that, moving from intern to the CEO, because I believe you started as an intern. Is that correct in Mind Valley? Yes, I did. I started almost a decade ago. Yeah. yeah. And so here you are, you're growing up through this. So in your growth, when did you really fall in love with saying, I want to add value to people? When did that change happen for you? Um, it, as I was as I was in the process of even before Mind Valley, I as much as my my big push was about money, um, I think me wanting to add value to people go way before that because um, as much as we were not very wealthy as a uh, as kids as we as we grew up, there was one thing that was never a challenge in our house, and that was the wisdom that came from different family members. Uh, especially my grandfather, who started this journey. So here, here's a classic day in our household. So even if the house was small or whatever, my grandfather had a room where, he, which was his bedroom as well, where what he would do, what people would do is they would come out and sit down with my grandfather for hours at a time and sometimes days at a time 
And we as kids would wonder why would that happen? And sometimes you would ask, what happened? And then our parents would explain it to us that there is some type of situation that has happened in their lives. The people who are coming over and have, uh, having a sit down with my grandfather. And my grandfather is like this teacher, this coach that is helping them navigate that for no money whatsoever. He was just doing it because it was his way of contributing to the world. He was somebody who was uh, who was conscious of human beings, had a very analytical mind, and so he could create a conversation that would uh, that would kind of diffuse the tension between parties and create a lot more amicable outcomes for everybody else. And so I, I always saw that, and I always was inspired by that because my father is the same. He might not be a wealthy man, but he definitely is a very humble, very intelligent, very giving man. Mm. And so giving and caring for people and hoping that we could add value is I think almost like in my DNA type of thing because my grandfather was like that, my father's like that. And so I grew up looking at it every day where they would do the extra thing. They would wake up the extra hours. They will make the extra effort to be able to help someone who may or may not be even that close to them. They just came for asking for help and they say, we'll help you as much as we can. Sometimes even with money that they didn't have, which was kind of interesting. Wow. That is so powerful. And we need more of that in the world. So everybody listening, when you're sitting there and you feel that tug on your heart and your heartstrings, don't, don't sit there with your mind and like negotiate that away. We're all human beings and that is valuable and we need to do that. And so what you're hearing is a very powerful testament of, of what it means to have something in your DNA. And even if you don't recognize it in your DNA, I do believe as human beings, it's in there. We do have it. We just need to become more aware of it and cultivate that as a part of, you know, our, our existence. And so, um, Ajita, I think that's powerful. Thank you so much for just putting that out there. Um, in Mind Valley, so w- where you were, you spent ten. You're it's in, what you're ten years in with Mind Valley right now. Is that yeah, I'm ten years in. Yeah, I, I'm now a co-founder <laughs> in, in yeah. many companies, but yeah, yeah, you're like, and you're moving along. And I love, like I said once again, I look at your Instagram and things like that, and just the real care. I can see your care, compassion, and all of those things, and your love for people, and just adding to their value. And so in Mind Valley, and you've you've helped to create a lot of experience for people and their growth and their development in their lives. And, um, you know, basically, you know, from what I understand, it's sharing an aligned vision for mankind, right? So that's what you're looking for in these programs you've created and all of these things. And, and it's, you know, tantamount into where you are today. What do you feel you are about to release and put out into the world that would be the I don't know, 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, 5.0, wherever you feel you are in, in the evolution <laughs> of Ajit. Where, where are you? So what I've gotten hyper-focused on is, is I feel like my greatest value is to be able to give the insights that I've had through life as of now while building businesses and while creating a life that is full of life in a way. Uh, because what I've found is there are a ton of entrepreneurs who who talk about strategies, there are a ton of entrepreneurs who probably talk about how to make more money. But at the same point of time, what I value is true abundance, which is you, yes, get to make more money, but also at the same point of time, you get to live a big life, a full life. And that's really my intention to create in the world is to be able to add that paradigm, add that conversation of saying, hey, To be able to grow your business doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your soul for it. You don't have to sacrifice your entire life for it. There are ways to create balance. And I want to invite the world of entrepreneurs to consider that conversation and look for themselves as to how can they create that balance. And that's honestly what Live Big is all about. Live Big is not out yet. So it's only available in stores on 11th of December. You can pre-order the book if you want. It's available at livebigthebook.com. But the book book basically explores that idea. And as a follow-up to the book, we also have a program that we give for free if you have a copy of the book, which also further takes takes you down the journey of really creating a life that is not only of full of wealth abundance, but abundance of time, abundance of love, abundance of relationships, 
abundance or whatever that is that you choose. Living a life of choice is what really you get out of this particular dialogue that we're creating. And we truly believe that entrepreneurs are smart, wonderful, hardworking individuals, and all they need is a different perspective. All they need is to start a different conversation. And as they will have a different conversation, they will already start to see a different result. And that's really our intention towards Live Big. And that's the next thing that I'm working on. You already mentioned Nita. Nita is my collaborator in that. Uh, we call it the Global Grid Institute. That's the name of the institute that we're building together that allows global entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs in different parts of the world to challenge how they view business and find a new paradigm while growing their companies, creating a life that is full of life uh, for them. And that's really the big next thing that we're putting out in the world. Uh, apart from them, I'm about to be a father. So I think a new world. Congratulations. Congrats, man. I, I, I congratulated you. when I saw her post it. But man, Thank that you. is awesome. And I can't yeah. wait to see. I'm hoping I'm around to see what your child does. <laughs> <laughs> With the two of you, I can't even imagine how amazing this little one's going to be. <laughs> Yeah, so the little one is due in about a month, so I'm guessing I'm going to be a new person <laughs> just because of that. Uh, and that is definitely the most exciting thing that is in my life. But in context of work, is Global Grid Institute is what we are creating right now. And I am very, very excited about what we are going to bring to the world with that. That's great. And, you know, Ajit, you said something that really s struck a chord with me. And a lot of people don't know how to do this. And, you know, obviously there is the conversation that is with the world and there's a conversation with yourself. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people don't realize the best conversation needs to first start with you mm -hmm. and then you can bring out the new conversation for the rest of the world. So a lot of people have a lot of things in their head, but they're not speaking with themselves. So what, what would you say is a good habit? How do you get a new conversation started. How do you do introspection, for instance? And then how do you mm -hmm. take those things that you're discovering about yourself and engage other people to continue to advance that? So my invitation to everyone, and this is, this is what is unfortunate about our world, is once we start to look at other people, once we start to compare ourselves to the people, once we start to, if we finish our degrees and go out in the world as if now we are on a different task, we stop learning as people. We start comparing and we start just beating ourselves up or why I'm not here or why I didn't get the raise or why my business is not doing as well or how, why is somebody else doing so well, right? And those conversations are not neither inspiring, neither motivating, neither valuable. Those conversations are restrictive and usually those conversations demotivate us more than motivate us. My invitation to the world and with this book and beyond is that to live a full, complete life for ourselves, let's never stop learning. Let's never be less curious because curiosity is very under underutilized in the world. All of us get really scared about things, but instead of saying, oh, I'm scared about this thing, what can I do to like change this fear into a challenge and get wow. curious about it? Or, or, oh, I got scared about this thing. How do I bring awareness that I am scared right now and get curious about this situation that I am in? It would change the dialogue completely. Fear is curiosity that disguised in a way, or, or you can turn fear into curiosity really quickly just if you accept that fear, just if you turn that fear into a challenge and say, well, this is, yes, I'm scared about this. But what if I change the dialogue around it? And that will allow us to really be able to move through different fears and challenges in life to get really curious and really interested in how do we learn and grow ourselves as individuals, which I think is, is the cornerstone. Of, of growth and a cornerstone of having that conversation with yourself. The conversation with yourself is natural if you're learning. And books is a great way to do that. And programs are a great way to do that. Events are a great way to do that. It is unfortunate that out of this big wide world that we have, there's maybe 100 million people that actually focus on learning and growth. Uh, but we have billions in the world. What is everybody else doing? Why is everybody sleepwalking? How can we wake them up? 
How can we invite them to this conversation of saying, hey, we know why you're sleeping right now, but how about we shake you up and wake you up a little bit? And I think if, if we can move that line a little bit, we can move that needle a little bit. If we can, like you said, have a conversation with ourselves by, by listening, by watching, by reading, by, uh, by having an intellectual dialogue, we will be able to move the needle and we will be able to have a conversation with ourselves that would move the outcome that we want to create in the world dramatically. How important would you say what, you know, why is purpose? I understand that. But when, you, when you're when you figuring out your why, that's one thing. But you need to move into what eventually, right? So mm-hmm. how do you really bring your what questions to the surface so that you don't turn yourself into a victim or a martyr or a person mm-hmm. that's pressed down or you can't advance? What do you do mm-hmm. for yourself? What are some habits that you can encourage people with? So firstly, I think I think it's important to know why something's happening to you. Uh, but what can I do, like you said, is equally important, if not if not more important. Uh, the reason why why is a good starting point is because if you know why something's happening to you, usually you have an easier way of accepting it, which allows you to have an easier what do I do, do what do I do to, uh, what do I need to do next as an easier conversation after that. So for example, let's say if you were scared about something, if you're fearful about something, just to know why you were fearful about it, like some some fears are real, like fears of dying because you're in an African safari and a tiger's chasing you. That's a real fear, right? That fear, why you're scared about it makes sense because you're about to die. But some fears are not really real. Like if you get a bigger credit card bill in a month or what you utility bill, it's not a real fear. It's a fear that, that comes in, but is solvable fear. And you kind of go, okay, why am I scared? Well, because I don't know how to make this money to pay this bill, let's say hypothetically, right? And if that's the scenario, now it's easier for, for you to go, okay, that's why I'm scared. There is no need for me to be actually be scared because, well, I just have to figure out how to pay the bill. So you can move on to the what a lot more easily instead of just sitting in that fear. A lot of us just sit in that fear and not really try to figure out the what. Right? Or we figured out the what, but it's very tactical. It's like, okay, I'll do this, I'll do this. Instead of that, instead of saying, hey, how can I never have this challenge again? How can I, or what is it that I need to do so I never run into a credit card debt again? Let's say, for example, if that was the challenge that we were solving. We don't ask that question. We just right. go, what can I do right now to fix this problem? But that, that question will, yes, fix the problem, probably, but temporarily. The problem is still there. The problem was not really fully accepted to say, hey, why is it that you get into credit card debts again, again, again? Let's say, for example, that was the example, right? Why is it happening again and again? Well, maybe it is something to do with your programming, something to do with your behavior, something to do with how you manage your money, whatever that is. Now you go, all right, so that's why this is happening. Now let me see what I can do to fix it forever, right? And then you go and then you start to research. So what will happen in that world is you'll not try to find a quick fix, because you know that that's a fundamental shift that you need to bring in the way you think about something. You have to shift the way you think about money if you don't want to get into a debt again. If you've been doing this as a pattern, there is some education that's missing. There is some strategy that's missing. There is some perspective shift that is missing. And as you bring it in, as you bring in the new perspective, as you bring the new strategy, as you bring the new tactic, as you bring that new learning, you fundamentally change, you fundamentally shift. And as you shift, your new reality starts to shape up. Is that making sense? Oh, it, no, it totally does. It totally does. And, and with that, you know, you speak very confidently. And a lot of people may, once again, they're going to be drawn to what you're saying because they're probably thinking these things. They're just not seeing them manifest in their own life as far as their own way of dealing with it. Right. So they may know it's there, but there's a lot of shame that people carry um, because once again, it goes back to these impressions and it's all based on comparison. They're, they're thinking mm-hmm. nobody else in the world deals with what they deal with. Right. Because that's what you feel like. You feel <laughs> like you're the only one, you know, and I can't bring this up because then, you know, I'm the only person. Everybody else is perfect, but not me, which is yeah. obviously we know that's false. Right. We know that's a false statement. So what are some other things that you could say to keep yourself from being overwhelmed? What are some key things that people need to pay attention to, to not be overwhelmed by what happens in life and for them to be able to, 
you know, create the outcomes that they would like to see. So, so before I get into that, let me let me explain a little bit, a few, a little bit of research that that has been done that will explain why people feel the way they feel and why it's harder for us to move and to be able to find solutions because solutions change based on people's personalities and perspectives, right? So right. I can give a, a generalized solution, but it'll never be complete because it won't work for anyone, for everyone, because because that's just everybody's different and we got to respect that. So that it would work for most people, but it might not work for everyone. But if we understand the concept behind what really leads to these kind of events, we might be able to craft our own solution. So what I'm going to offer is perspective. And perspective is most of the times I've found is more powerful than tactics. So here is first theory that one must know. It's called the social comparison theory. It's a real theory, psychological theory, which basically talks about that we as human beings are constantly, especially in a social setting, social setting, constantly comparing ourselves, which means that we lose the measure of comparison of ourselves to ourselves, huh. right? Yeah. So for example, what would happen is somebody might say, hey, I'm not successful, but that's mostly in comparison to somebody else. It's not in comparison to where they want to be. Does that make sense? Oh, right? no, absolutely, so, yeah. <laughs> so what happens with social comparison is there is no end all because there's always somebody or something to compare to, which is in the outside, and your internal compass actually gets completely ignored in that process. So what leads to that is us always feeling not good enough to do anything, right? So that always means that we would never feel successful or enough or content with what we have because socially in the social comparison setting we are always less than somebody else now here's the other theory and this was researched by and and i think it was the howard's uh howard teacher school i think is where this was i might uh, i might be saying that or either howard or stanford school uh teacher's school and what they did is they did an experiment with school kids and they said why is it that the school kids are, are experiencing similar types of things? Like, what is it that makes the student perform better in a subject or not perform in a particular subject? And what they found is that often it is the story that the, that the kids have in their mind. So they think somebody else. So, for example, I think the, 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 the title of the study is Einstein uh, Einstein had made mistakes or something like that as the name of the story. And the reason of that name, the title is because most people think that successful people are different. They think that they are made of a different dough. They are made of a different material, that they are different people, which is why we as people sometimes start to go, oh, I can't be blank, whoever that blank is, right? And if we change that paradigm, because we all know Einstein was a normal human being who had his own quirks and mistakes. Same as you, same as me, same as anybody else. We are all human beings with flaws and mistakes that we make on a daily basis. We look stupid on a daily basis. We look smart on a daily basis. We make dumb mistakes on a daily basis, right? And if we can, as a social contagion, while this is a social comparison happen, happening, it's as social contagion, we can create that reality around us where we go, oh, not everybody is perfect, and I'm willing to look at other people's vulnerabilities and also learn from that knowing that I am as much as somebody else, and I don't have to feel less than, not equal to, not enough because of the social comparison theory. What will happen is we would start to expand in our own light, hmm. right? And we will step into a comparison, but with ourselves instead of somebody else. And here's the secret to comparison with yourself. You're always more than enough in comparison to yourself. Here's a quick question for anybody that is listening to this podcast, and this hopefully will change your paradigm. Think of yourself 10 years ago. For most of us, 10 years ago, we were way behind to where we are today. For most of us, again, it's not applicable to everyone, but for most of us, we have done tremendously well in the past 10 years. We have moved forward with our life. We have gone through challenges in the past 10 years. We have gone through ups and downs in our life. We have become a better human being, a smarter human being, a more experienced human being. And all of those are things that in your comparison to yourself always are greater than. Right. And as you compare yourself, you get not only grateful, but you start to get the confidence of saying, hey, I've done all this shit. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. I'm really good. Not just good enough. I'm actually good. I'm wonderful. Right. 
So, so that's kind of where the dialogue and hopefully the perspective is going to shift, which allows everybody to, to switch over to the mode of saying, hey, I just need to find the solutions. I'm fully competent and fully great, and I'm going to keep moving forward in this direction. Wow. That is so rich, and, and it's so true, and I love it. So think of yourself 10 years ago. I mean, that's just a great place. What does that person look like? Um, I love Mihai. So uh, it's there's a lot of flow, and, and also Tasha Yurik. There's um, a great book I love, Insight, which is like one of my go-to books. And um, the two of them, those two right there, they're like a part of my daily diet. I keep reading and going through because they do a great job of talking in those same areas and principles that you're talking about right now, which is so rich and so full. And I love your take on it because, I mean, I don't know if you've read those before, but like you're read, you're, I mean, you were really in, in alignment with what I believe people are ignoring and not, uh, you know, taking into account because you're right. Um, as you stated, the social comparative theory that these we're we're really we're spending too much time comparing against the wrong thing. What we really need to do is look at our own lives because that's where the evidence is. We can't get evidence from other people, really. I mean, there's only so mm-hmm. much, and that's still going to be subjective at best, right? Because mm-hmm. we don't really know what's going on with them. We don't know everything. Unless mm-hmm. you live with that person 24-7 and you see them at every waking moment and you're a part of every conversation, you don't really know. And you're still at a limitation because you can't climb inside that human being and see what's going on in their mind, in their spirit, right? You can't feel their emotions. Mm-hmm. You can only interp- interpret what you think is going on. But with yourself, guess what? You can do that. So that's powerful. I mean, thank you, Ajit. That is so powerful, That what you thank just you. put out there. Um, thank you. So, you know, really quick, and, you know, I've got two things left for you. Really quick. Um, what are the three things you're most optimistic about over the next 12 months? Oh, man, my life is very much revolved around my baby right now. So <laughs> I'm sorry, but the next 12 months is me, my kid, and my, my wife, and my parents, and all of that and traveling with the kid and that's the most fun exciting thing that's happening in life i mean i probably should be more excited by by my book and a lot of people would think that but i'm actually more excited about my kid uh and yes i'm excited about the book that's coming out as well live big which i'm excited and pumped about but the most exciting thing would be my baby no that's man that is great there's nothing wrong with that because (laughs) can i tell you by by your answer that just lets people know where your priorities are and I'm going to tell you right now, for you to be a good steward over this life you're bringing into the world, and you're focused on that, and you're doing it responsibly. You know, it's so funny. People want to talk about responsibility. Try that. Try that with relationship. Let's mm-hmm. be more responsible with relationship. Let's be more responsible with the things we're bringing into the world in our relationships, right? Let's, let's sure. be more responsible with our children and things like that. And you know what? The universe, I believe, is forgiving for the fact that we're not, quote, unquote, quote, unquote, hustling (laughs) in that time. You know what I mean? Like, it's where our focus is. And to me, there is grace and there's mercy in that time of doing that. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but that's the way I view it. Focus on those things. You know what I mean? You know, if you birthed it, follow it, you know, like Mm -hmm. celebrate it, invest in it and do it. So and so the other thing is we're going to do a round two of this conversation because coming up, you are going to release your book and we're going to wait a little bit because your baby's coming, which I celebrate for you and Nita. Yay. (laughs) Yay. It's great. And um, but if people want to like really connect with you, what would you say? Now I'm an Instagram fan of your, uh, you and Nita. I love your Instagram stuff. So Thank where you would you want people to go and just see your world and see mm-hmm. you and learn more about just you as a person and how you're showing up? How would you like people to do that? Well, Instagram is great. You could totally do that. Or you could go to livebigthebook.com and you will be able to get a pre-order copy and that gives you access to a lot of things, including different ways to access us. So you could do that as well. Or just go to, go follow me on Instagram. I'm on Facebook as well and I'm on YouTube as well. If you want to follow that, if you want to follow LinkedIn, that's there as well. I don't do Twitter and the other platforms. 
Uh, but definitely LinkedIn, Instagram would be good places to go. Great. And let me say, if you could leave my this audience with something that you right now in this moment that's maybe on the tip of your tongue, what would you say to them to help them in their their journey in their life for more, for them to grow, for them to improve? What would you say to them right now? Well, the thing that's on the tip of my tongue is that you have a choice. All of us have a choice. Sometimes it's a hard choice, but it's a choice. And we can always choose to live the life the way we want to live and, and switch our realities to the one that we want. So I invite you to switch your reality to what you want and live the life of your dreams. <laughs> that's a great. That's probably the best answer I've gotten from that question. <laughs> and I can tell it's it's one that you are living. So Ajit, man, you've been great, man. I really appreciate you coming on and being a part of this with me. And, um, and I'm looking forward to when the book comes out and um, I can't wait to devour it and, uh, and read it. Um, Nita's told me a lot about it. And and once again, as I just this conversation has even stimulated even more and I can't wait. So thank you so much for sharing your time and being a guest. Thank you, Timothy. It was very fun exciting to have this conversation with you. Well, this has been another uphill, uh, another conversation uh, with Ajit um, on Uphill Conversations. Always remember your current condition does not match your emerging future. Always remember you can be more, do more, and have more, but your current condition does not match your emerging future, and it never will. And you can't go uphill with a downhill habit. But most importantly, I want you to know that you will see people like myself and Ajit on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.